The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. And we are so grateful for the opportunity to be part of your morning and part of your day. And uh, we are grateful just for the chance to share the word of God. And uh, if, you're, if you're following along with us in just a moment, excuse me, we'll be in the uh, book of Genesis chapter 37. And as you're doing that, I just want to encourage you, if you watched last night, um, or were there last night, we uh, took some time as a church at the beginning of our Wednesday night Bible study time. We met in the auditorium from Teens Up and just spent some time praying for our country. I'll encourage you to continue to do that. And here's the thing I want us to understand. We're not, pl- we're not praying for political revolution. Uh, we're not praying for one president to get or whatever. We're, we're not praying for, when we go to prayer, um, we want God to do a work in our country. And, and can I be honest, from our point of view, we all have political positions. We'd all prefer one thing to happen or another. We are, frankly, a little nervous about some of the social progressive positions that are very anti-church, very anti-God. And yes, those are some of those legitimate things that may come our way. But if there's anything that I saw watching bits and pieces of the news yesterday, that you know what you saw was political revolution, kind of in the minds of the people who were doing it. To me, what we saw yesterday is such a great need for God. And I know that you know pastors are supposed to spin all the news back to God, but that is exactly what's happening. As this world grows further from God, as our country grows further from God, we are going to see more and more of this because there's less and less hope. And this is a great opportunity for us as a church to be calling upon God. Number one, you know, God says, if my people, which are called by my name, I know it was an Old Testament passage, but he starts back at his church, his, his family. And so may we be on our knees asking God to heal our land. And when I mean heal our land, I don't mean make a political position. I mean spiritually. And I, pray, I hope you pray with us. I hope you pray for President Trump in this transition time. I hope you pray for up-and-coming up uh, President-elect Biden. And I understand there's a lot of opinions about the election. And to this point, it doesn't matter. At this point, we, just, we need to pray for both of them. And we're not praying that they'll do what we want. We really need to pray uh, that they will seek God. They will learn from God and they will trust God and his plan. And and if not saved, call upon him. So I hope you continue to pray uh, for the healing of our country and in the need of a spiritual nature because it's really where we're at. Uh, Genesis chapter 37, as we continue in our study, as we've been going through the life of Joseph and this account of Joseph from the time that he was at home and got the coat of many colors as we talked about to the day that he is second in command and all of the process and all the things that God did. And remember, the primary premise we run through this story is not the fact that Joseph went through a list of un... Uh, of surprising random events, and because he was obedient and, and, and had integrity, God blessed him. That's not the premise. The premise is, as we talk, we talk about today, God gave a dream, and the dream was a vision, and a, a promise that one day, a prophecy that one day he would be in authority. And everything else from the day of the dream to the day the dream was fulfilled, the prophecy was fulfilled, was God's plan. And so we're going to see that Sometimes God's plan doesn't always dictate that everything's going to go exactly the way I want. It's not always going to be easy, but every bit of it has a plan to put us where we need to be for fulfillment of his plan. So let's go ahead and look again at the passage in Genesis 37, verse number 5. The Bible says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. 
For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaf stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brothers envied him, but his father observed the saying. So I want to take a second and talk a little bit about the idea of this dream, of what it means. I think for us to get a full understanding of how this influences everything we're going to talk about for the next few weeks, we need to have an understanding of what it means. Please, so for me, I think the first thing to understand is we have to remember the historical. When, when you interpret scripture, you have to look at several things. The history. When is this taking place? The context. What's going on around? Many times in the New Testament during the life of Christ, he would use farming and agriculture as illustrations. Well, that was the predominant source of income. And so he used illustrations that fit the history of the day. We then take and make the application unique to our time. Not, not all of us are farmers. But the application still fits. Uh, so you have to look at the date, the time, the things going on. Well, in this situation, we're in Genesis. We're in what theologians call the Pentateuch. We're in the first five books of the Bible, the law. Nothing, nothing of Scripture had been written. It's, it's, it's actually being lived out at the moment, and we're at the very, very beginning of mankind, if you really look at it that way. I mean, yeah, a few, you know, there's been some time, a few, you know, maybe a couple thousand years because you've got Noah and all the other things, you've got Adam and Eve, but you understand what I'm saying is we're still in the infamy of Scripture, of what's going on. So they didn't have a Bible to go to. They didn't have, you know, in the New Testament, they could at least refer back to the Old Testament and what had been written by the people there. There wasn't any of that. There was no Scripture, and yet there still needed to be a way for God to communicate to his people to let them know what's happening. And we know as scripture goes on, God uses prophets, but we know throughout the Old Testament that in very specific and in unique times, God personally spoke to people. Uh, we see it uh, with Noah and the ark. Uh, we see it in a lot of other areas where God, it was random. It wasn't as much as probably they wish it would have been, but that's how God spoke to people in the Old Testament times. Well, one of the ways he did is he used dreams, he used visions. We know that when Joseph in the New Testament, the, father, the stepfather of Jesus, was told to take Mary as his bride, the angel came in a dream. So it's not abnormal. And, and today, dreams are a little different for us. Dreams are, are subconscious working and, you know, we're asleep and maybe the anxiety's kicked in or what we wish would happen. Or sometimes they're just crazy strange. We're like, what in the world was that? Uh, but this was different. When, when they were given a dream, everybody understood when Joseph came out and said, I have dreamed a dream. They understood that Jehovah God has given this person a vision. Jehovah God has chosen to speak to this person about something that's the future of the king of their of their um, tribe of, the, of Israel, the future for the nation, the future for the world, uh, their future for themselves. It was rarely something that limited just to themselves. It usually influenced and impact many other people. So Joseph comes in. Now remember, seventeen years old. He's got the coat of many colors. His brother envy him. His brothers really don't like him. Uh, they may think him as the goody two-shoe. He was the good man, and he was telling his father, and his father saw this uniqueness. He was loved. Everybody knew this. And now, 
to just, just look at it from these 11 brothers, to pile on everything else. <laughs> now he gets a dream from God. So not only is he Israel's or Jacob's favorite, now he's God's favorite. And from their point of view, this, this just had to boil more and more into their minds. And by the way, if people, I, I, I don't know much about them. I understand the steps they took in the next few days shows a lot about their heart. But can I tell you this? Uh, when people are refused to walk with God, they're carnal, they don't want to get right with God, they're going to become envious of people who are blessed by him. It's just the way it is. It's just a fact. So Joseph dreams this dream. And so we understand that they all understand that God has just given Joseph a vision of what's to come. So immediately the passage says here that the brothers hated him even more because now God is speaking to him. Everybody would really want that to happen. And now God is speaking to him. Again, not an abnormal thing. Um, but very unique to the time. And so he gives a dream and he goes to them and he tells, the first dream was that the sheaves, again, going back to something they would understand, the sheaves would bow down to him. Immediately the brothers recognize, you think one day we're going to bow down to you. Then the second dream is a star, sun, moon, and stars. And then the, we see the sun and moon, which is mom and dad, and they're going to bow to him. And so there's all these adverse reactions to this. They get angry. Um, in fact, at one point, the brothers envied him. They say, you know what, it's just not fair. I really wish I could enjoy what Joseph's enjoying. I do like what it says at the end where his father observed this saying. His father sat back and thought, this is unique. His father had spent some very intimate time with God. He'd wrestled with him. He'd spoken to him. He'd seen visions himself. And so Jacob, Israel at this point, was not quick to throw off or ignore what was being stated because he had intimately, he had an intimate knowledge of what it was like to speak and to talk to God. So he's sitting back and thinking, I've got all these sons, and Joseph is the one that God has chosen to use. So he observed it, wondering, man, that's intriguing what's going to happen. How will this result itself? Boy, Joseph's going to do great things. Does it really mean that we're going to bow down? And, and so are you sure about this? Are you making this up? Please don't, don't, don't joke around about this. And, and really, Joseph comes out, and, and, and the more that God puts his hand upon him, the more there's frustration leaned towards him. Now, I also want to look at, from the other point of view, is the premise that this holds for everything else in the account of Joseph from this day to the day that he is second in command and his brothers do bow down before him and his mom and dad bow down before him, which does happen. Hey, this comes true. We, if you, if most of us know the story. We know it does come true. So what, are, what is the thing we can look at? Joseph understood that this dream was not random and this was God promising him something. And Joseph apparently and obviously was close enough to God, walked enough with God, had a heart close enough to God to understand the nature of this. You say, here's how I believe that. It wasn't too much long after this, he's thrown into a pit, served a slave to Potiphar, thrown in jail, and in all of those times did he never doubt the promise of God. Lord, you gave me a dream and it's all gone. So he was spiritually minded enough, mature enough at this age of 17 to understand that this promise is coming and how it results in stuff. Maybe he listened to his father's stories or maybe he heard about his grandfather and his great-grandfather and all the things that came for them to get where they are and to what it means to be Jacob's son and Isaac's grandson, you know, Abraham's great-grandson and all of the history that comes with that. I'm sure he had an understanding. And so now as he's heard all these things, now it's his turn. And so it was something real. Now, this dream was a promise. It was not, I think this is going to happen. It was a promise. This was Joseph's future. So what we're going to see over the next several years, in our situation, several passages, is we're going to see that everything that came into Joseph's life 
was viewed through the lens, he's got a dream. Now, whether Joseph thought, okay, these bad things are happening and somehow God will remove me from these bad things, even though they're happening, God's still going to do good things. I don't know how, but these are just kind of side things. Maybe God, you know, when I'm 40 or I'm 50, God will do this. Maybe he never realized that God was going to use Potiphar, his wife, and all of these horrible things to get him to where he needed to be. Maybe he didn't know that. The fact is, there's no way he could have known that how these things were going to work out. All he knew is they were going to, because God said he would. Now, let me take, in the last couple of minutes, some aspects of practical application. We can, you know, I've, I've heard people, and rightfully so, they go to this passage, they say, we should have dreams, we should have goals of what God's going to do. By the way, I think we should. We should have dreams that drive us to prayer about our families, about how God can use us to reach people, how God can use us in ministry, and how God can use us, and where our kids are going to be when they're 40, or where our grandkids are going to be, or where we're going to be, and how we can be used. And, and I hope that it's spiritually minded we look ahead. Why? Because when I look ahead to where I want my kids to be when they're 40, that impacts how I teach them now. When I think about where I want God to use me spiritually, it influences my walk with God now so that I'm able to hear his direction now for the future. So having a dream that influences me where I, where I believe God wants me to be is important. Now, please understand, as we've talked about, sometimes we got a dream and God says, you know what? I'm going to take, crumble down what you think is going to accomplish that. Here's what you think is going to accomplish the vision, the dream I've given you, what you believe is going to be your future, what, what you desire, the gifts God's given you. I'm going to tear down how you think it's going to happen. So kind of like slavery, I'm going to use a different way to get you there. I wonder if Joseph didn't sit back and wonder, you know, Pharaoh's going to call me from, from Canaan to come over. I wonder if he didn't calculate his mind how this was going to work out. We do that. No. God sometimes, like Joseph, will throw us into a pit of life and say, this is the beginning of how I'm going to fulfill my perfect plan for you. We need to hold on to his promises that he's always near. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. The, the truths we teach our kids will never leave them. Um, as we love our family, they will grow. As we, as we serve, you know, as we're faithful to him, he will be faithful to us. And, and, and all of the day, that he's coming back one day, and that one day we will stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. And all of these things we know are coming should drive us. Like this vision, this dream was a comfort to Joseph. These things that God has given to us, these promises God has made to us, in his word are the things that comfort us, are the things that drive us, are the things that give us purpose, way beyond just making money and going home. It's what gives us true purpose for life in the midst of all of this. And in the times when there's absolute chaos and absolute emptiness, it's that purpose that God gives us, that drives us, that encourages us, and this is what we, what we need. And so where do we get it? In the Word of God. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, I read a word, oh, God said this, you know, go Western, man. i got to move to California. In some cases, that's true for some, but I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you're in the Word of God and you're hearing the voice of God through the Bible, and then you're speaking to Him, that close communion will make you one right with God in area of sin, confession, getting that right, focused on God, recognizing the voice of God in that sweet time. And then in those times, you will be able to hear God in a way that you can't in the midst of confusion and chaos. And I, I incur, and that those are the times that really draw us close to him. And then we can hear and see his direction, and we can be like Joseph when these things come. Okay, I trust you, God. And I hope we would encourage to do that. I hope that uh, that's something that we will hold on to strong even in our own lives. As we finish here, I want to mention something um, I should have mentioned a while ago. Uh, Colette Castor's mother, Ms. Uh, has, uh, she went in the hospital with uh, COVID uh, several days ago now, maybe a couple weeks ago, and she's been on a, 
um, ventilator now for a week, week and a half, if not maybe longer, maybe two weeks. Um, it's been a while. She's not doing well. They try to take her off the ventilator and she's just not breathing on her own. Uh, Colette's down there and I imagine she's just really struggling. She can't go see her. So many things that this scenario in our lives put us in right now. So I encourage you this week to, to take, to take the, the Castor family to prayer before God. Pray for them. Encourage them. Um, you know, if you send them a bunch of texts, don't be surprised they don't respond right away. they got a lot going on, but encourage them, love them, pray for them, and I hope that uh, we as a church will bring them up before God in this most frightening time. Thank you for joining us today and taking time to be with us on this Thursday. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow and hope to see you again Sunday at 10 o'clock here on Property. We love you. Have a great afternoon.